we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Revelations 2 and 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things saith he which hath the sharp, the sharp sword with two edges. Revelations 2 and 13. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And you know, the Bible doesn't refer to Greek gods and Greek mythology and all of that. They don't, he don't call them gods. He don't call them, you know what he calls them? Devils. Satan. Zeus is Satan to God. And when you pledge in your Greek fraternity or sorority, the Bible says you pledge to devils. So he says, I know. He, he didn't say the altar. I know where the altar of Zeus is. No, he said, I know where Satan is sitting. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelt. He wanted to let you know Satan is there. And all this worship is going to Satan because there's only two places it can go. It's either going to go to God or it's going to go where? To Satan. So you either pledging your allegiance to God or you're pledging your allegiance to a devil. Okay, and this is the excavated seat that's in Berlin of the seat of Satan. This was once in Pergamum. This is uh, what it looks like in Berlin. And this is where Hitler would uh, sit believing that he was Apollyon, the leader of the uh, world. Jesus begins his letter to this pastor by saying that he sees the church's works being done in less than ideal surroundings. Our perseverance through tough times is meaningful to Christ Jesus. Did you know that? Our perseverance in tough time means something to Christ. We can all say we, we believe in him and we say when things are going good. But when things start breaking down around you and things start going bad or folks start challenging what you believe, that's when Christ stands up. You know how I know? Because the Bible said when Stephen was being stoned, Stephen was being stoned for the sake of the gospel and he wouldn't back down. He said, no, Jesus Christ is the only way. They start throwing stones at Stephen and Christ stood up. Yeah, because that's in tough times. He remembers those things. James 1 and 12 says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that what? That love him. So if you endure temptation and make it, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. How dare you come and join this church and think the devil is not going to be mad at you? The minute you say, I'm an adamant believer, he says, no, you're not. While you singing, unmovable, he's echoing with the, with the auto-tune. Unmovable, no, you're not. Unshakable, no, you're not. <laughs> so you're going to be tested and you're going to be tried. And he's going to try to sift you like wheat. But the Bible said, if you endure temptation, you're what? Bless. When y'all listen back to it, y'all gonna be like, oh boy. <laughs> the church 
was amid the greatest idol worship of any of the other churches in Revelations. The altar of Zeus was in Pergamum, and this was the devil's most coveted place for sacrifices, and government sought out this place to get divine power. So you can, you, you can imagine everyone of great power believing that they are the one, wanting to be the one, wanting to be Neo. They want to be the one. And so they covered this, coveted this place by going here and praying on this altar. That's why it was an altar. It was the altar of Zeus, praying to the gods, praying for power, praying for supernatural abilities, praying for all of this stuff, governments and different things, power over people and, and, and money and prestige, all of these things. So this, was a, this church was planted strategically to pray against these particular things. First, Quran, uh, First Corinthians 10 and 20 says, but I say that the things with the gent which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to who? Devils. Devils and not to God. And I would not that ye have fellowship with what? Devils. So those that you're pledging to, those that you are in alliance with are devils. He said, and I don't want you fellowshipping with devils but this is what this uh altar was all about it was about fellowshipping and calling y'all seen them in the movies class of the titans and all these movies they're sitting there telling you folks praying to these gods for power and it's demons they're all demons you're not praying to god you're praying to demons amen i've been watching this documentary on christian science and um uh l ron hubbard man he was possessed by satan but all of this old weird, uh, um, you know, thinking that, that, that they subscribe to new agers and different things, all this old being clear and being quiet and sitting and sitting in these, you know, and they're summoning demons. This mixing, yoga and all of these yoga positions you're putting your body in and all of these different things, you are summoning demons. That is not worship to God. Amen. You know what true worship to God is? Obedience. Anybody can come in here and beat all the shingles off the tamarind. Throwing it up and catching it behind their back and running and kicking chairs over. That's, that, you ain't, that don't mean you worshiping God. The Hindus do the exact same thing. They make the same music. The, the Hindus got shouting music. They do the shock teapot. They touch you on the forehead. They knock you out. They do everything you see happening in the modern Pentecostal church. The difference is when you leave church, what are you doing? That's when the worship starts. Amen. The Pergamos church was holding fast to their faith and the name of Jesus. That's what he said. And the name of Jesus, of course, is his authority. Amen. In Jesus' name. That's where the church got it wrong. Oh, you can't baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In the name of, what's the name? The name is Jesus. So everybody that wasn't baptized in Jesus' name got to go get re-baptized because you got to baptize in Jesus' name. You can't cast devils out unless it's in Jesus' name. They don't understand. In his name is just in his authority. That's all it means. Oh, I can't read the King James Bible because King James was gay. He was. 
What does that have to do with a Bible that was translated under his authority? He didn't have nothing to do with the Bible. It was just done in the name of that king. So because it was done under his authority, it carries the King James name. In the name of the king. So when we pray and when we cast out devils and the devils recognize us no matter what we say. They recognize us before we say anything because they know we coming under the authority in the name of Jesus. All these folks caught up in the name and the Jesus only day, the weakest spiritual folks you'll ever want to meet. Families crazy, kids crazy, bunch of fornication and junk going on, but they worried about the name. Oh, I preach in here. Worried about the name. The devil knows. The devil ain't ever had a problem with me calling the name. He knows who you are. And he knows whose authority you come in under. So, Pergamos Church was holding fast to their faith and the name of Jesus, which was his authority, to counter, of course, the name of Apollo and Zeus, in spite of witnessing the slayings of one of their leaders, Antipas. He stood against idolatry and was executed for it. Christ commends them for remaining steadfast through tribulation. So even though they watched somebody be murdered for standing, they kept standing. Amen. I don't know if any of y'all, everybody in here can do that. Amen. And the day may come in America where it is a capital crime to name the name of Jesus. What you going to do then? Amen. The hypocrite, I know what you going to do. You're going to do what you're doing now. Be a hypocrite. Well, I just call his name when they're not around. Yeah, but the day may come when you be challenged like that. Matthew 10 and 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that does what? He that does what? Him that if you make it to the end, you shall be saved. Amen. That scripture right there kills eternal security. Just, I mean, just that scripture right there. I mean, he that endures to the end. I mean, what is that? What, what, what is the end? Is the end the end? And you know, when Jesus says the end, he really means the end because he's the beginning and the end. So he really knows the end. So if you make it to the end, you shall be what? Saved. Amen. So this is the seed of Satan and the altar of Zeus. I pulled this from one of my videos. I think it was part 10. And this is what it looked like. He, he, he created the replica of the seat of Satan to do his speech on. That's a very arrogant move. He really thought he was the one. And for eight years he was. He was somewhat. Amen. He's still the one in some of y'all's hearts. Amen. Oh, bring him back. Where is our president? What? Revelations 2 and 14. Jesus said, but I have a few things against thee. Because thou hast there among you, there is some that's holding to the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. And if you study in Genesis, you understand the story of Balak, the king who tried to get the children of Israel to pledge their allegiance to him as king and forsake the true God, uh, the, the Jehovah God. And Balaam was like, well, I can't 
get them to, to do that totally, like all at once. But we could ease them into it and make them do it by putting a stumbling block before them and, you know, work them into it. And then eventually they will. Well, y'all know that that just really made God upset. Donkey talked and everything. I mean, it was it's a very interesting story, though. But he taught him to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things, sacrifice unto idols and commit fornication. So hast thou also them, and y'all remember we talked about this earlier, th that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So Jesus is basically saying, I'm, I'm cool with Pergamum, but in the midst of you are those that are holding to the doctrine of Balaam, and there are also Nicolaitans in the midst of you, and I hate that. Okay, so this is Jesus's rebuke to this particular church and his rebuke to this church is warranted because how are you going to be in the middle of false God worship and you have people among you bringing in false God worship? In other words, your potency as a church, you're only potent if you avoid the thing that you're fighting against. Remember, this is what happened with Achan and, and, and Joshua. Y'all remember Joshua began to lose battles because they had stuff hidden under the tent. And it was things from the enemy. And God was like, how are you going to fight the enemy and you got the enemy stuff? So basically, you aren't potent against the enemy if you're with the enemy. Amen. How are you going to cast out a devil and Barack Obama, you're a big fan of him. And he did his speech on the seat of Satan. How are you going to get the devil out of your life and you listen to Lil Uzi Vert? Beyonce is your favorite artist. How are you going to even get a prayer through? How are you going to pray to God and worship a witch? Yeah, so, so this is what Christ... Christ is saying, man, we, we put y'all there to fight against the false god worship. So, I mean, rule number one, you can't have false god worship. Christ has a problem with Balaam's doctrine that was being practiced among the church. So some of the people in the church have subscribed to certain stumbling blocks, meaning just allowing certain things to go on that aren't really good. They may be a sin, but we're just going to kind of let it go on, okay? This is where churches fall off. This is where churches fall off. You know, church will be growing. Things will be going good. Then you look up, and there's a gay dude in the praise team. Just one. No, seriously, just one. Church is in trouble. Church is in trouble. And the first lady put him up there. Always. Sub God baby's God baby. Her nephew's cousin's little God something. First lady. It's always the pastor's wife. Stuck him up there. So now he's up there with his two earrings, slinging his hair and clapping with his tongue out on everything. The vows and the consonant. It's a it's just one. It's all it takes is one. They start with one. Don't they start with one? Anybody ever been in that church? It's like all of a sudden you're like, how he get up there? <laughs> da, 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 da. So he up there, tongue wagging, the wagon tongue. And now things are different. Things are different. 
You can't say nothing about it because leadership put him up there. So soon as she hear you talking about him, she got a problem with you. Now you got to meet with the pastor's wife. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Y'all know, I know. You got to meet with her. And she want to know what problem is. Well, I mean, my problem is I don't want my son seeing that tongue every Sunday. You don't know his life. You don't know. You don't know his life. You don't understand. We working with him. We, well, you have to work with him while he's up there with his tongue wagging? Can that work be done in private somewhere? And until you fix his tongue, can you hold him out of the, the, the praise team? No, he's going to be up in front of everybody. That's how it starts. Then, a few Sundays later, there's one in the audience. Because he's going to bring somebody. Things start changing. Things start changing. Now, the praise team do a song, and they take the music from Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye and put spiritual healing with the lyrics. Come on, everybody. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Let's praise the Lord tonight. That's, that's next. That's, that's, that's the next move. Things just start changing. And y'all like, everybody clapping, everybody like. Wait a minute. And by then, his tongue is to his knees. <laughs> he just on fire then. Oh, they, and they playing my song. Oh, wake up, wake up, wake up. Yeah, things start changing. Things start changing. You go try to talk to the pastor. Hey, pastor, I mean, things, things. Well, you know, you, you got to talk to my wife about that. What? Why don't you talk to your wife about that? Well, then, next thing you know, band members start changing. They start playing in bands on the side, in clubs, playing secular music. Oh, but you know, just making money. Mm-hmm. Things start changing. Then the potency and the power of that church begins to dwindle. And it's no longer about folks living right, doing right, trying to please God. It's about church. We having church. We ain't having it when we leave here. We just going to have it while we in here. Yeah. So that's why God was so concerned. He's like, now, wait a minute. He addresses three components of this false teaching of the doctrine of Balaam. The first component is stumbling blocks were being cast among the people. They were not withstanding those that brought in damnable heresies that weakened the faith of believers and encouraged them to take hold of things that were harmful to them. That's the pastor's responsibility. I have to help you not take hold of things that are harmful to you. I'm supposed to preach against damnable heresies, meaning things that people are preaching that don't line up with the scripture. That's my job. But if I get too much of that in here, I can't preach it. If I'm financially dependent upon a bunch of folks that pledged in Greek sororities and fraternities, I can't preach against them. If I'm financially dependent upon a bunch of homosexuals in here with money, I can't preach against them. 
I'm preaching. Second Peter 2 and 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets where? Among you. They're going to privately, secretly bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves what? It's always swift destruction, but it's not death. When we think of swift destruction, we think they just died. No, swift destruction is the Spirit of God swiftly leaves. Yeah, once you start highlighting that junk, all the band members look like they robbed a bank before they came to church. Sagging and cornrows and earrings and all. Once you see all that junk on stage, man. That's why I love this church because the men look like men in here. I mean, on every road as a man. You know what I'm saying? Our little boys, our young boys walk around here. They see exactly how they want to look when they get older. Bunch of creatures in here. I mean, but the men in here look like men. And young men see that, that's who they want to be. They ain't looking at little Uzi Vert and trying to look like him in here. And Kodak Black. No, they got good role models in here with jobs and families. Amen. Shave in the morning. Go to the barber shop. We have barbers. They ate at the table with false gods and they condoned false god worship. Balaam's practices would be equivalent to modern day pastors that pledge to false gods of Greek fraternities, Boule, uh, Freemasonry, Boule, and Greek fraternities and sororities. The Bible affirms that you cannot eat at the table of God and of what? False gods, which are mythological demons. I put up a picture of Colin Kaepernick the other day on Twitter. He's throwing up the third eye, you know, which is the symbol for Kappa or whatever. So he's throwing up the third eye and everybody, oh man, you see, you don't know. You don't know your conspiracy theory. That's the, that's the sign of Kappa. So is it the third eye? Well, yeah, but that's the sign of the Kappa. Hmm. Kappa invented the third eye? Well, no, but that's the way the Kappas do the third eye. But is it the same third eye from Egypt? The eye of Horus? The false god? Well, I'm just saying, shut up! That's ridiculous! It's the same. When you pledge Kappa, you pledge to a false god. You pledged to the same false gods that were in Pergamum. Ooh, and preachers just, whatever noise they be making. Like, dude, how you an Omega in church and a pastor? And I'd be scared to call myself Omega in a church from the Alpha and Omega. He said he's Alpha and Omega. What does that make you? Neither. Got spanked for nothing. Ain't no man ganging up on my behind. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a nothing that bad. The Bible affirms that you can't eat at the table of gods and of false gods and mythological devils, demons. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of what? You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table. And of the table of what? Devil. 
spiritual fornication, which is talked about here in the doctrine of Balaam, says that it's, it caused uh, people to commit fornication. He's, in this, he's talking about spiritual fornication. This is the mixture of false God doctrine with the doctrine of God. So these are the people that condone Freemasonry and all these fraternities and sororities and try to mix that with the worship of God. So they stomp to the devil on Saturday. And then they come in church. It's a mixture. I did that pretty good, didn't I? I could have been one. Yeah, so they mix the two. They mix the two. And that mixture of false God doctrine is mixed with the doctrine of God. When people mix the sacred and profane, they are committing fornication. It's spiritual fornication. Pastors that promote the world, its leaders, and the lust of the world are what? Spiritual fornicators. So when you promote the world, when you are a fan of the world, when you are, you know, uh, 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 mixing the two and promoting it, we got a lot of pastors that have movie stars come to their churches and speak to their congregations. And some of these movie stars have done sex scenes, nude scenes, all kind of lewd stuff. They don't belong in God's worship. They don't belong with no Christian. Because that's spiritual fornication. Ezekiel 22 and 26. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. They've hid their eyes from my Sabbath and I am what? Profaned among them. Y'all, the Bible is so clear on this. Why aren't men clear? You know why they're not clear? Money. They feel like if they can get around a movie star, they can have the seven mountain theology and get that get them tithes and offerings. They believe that popularity is going to equal money. So they're always with the movie stars and the celebrities cheesing and, and trying to seduce them into coming to their church and supporting them. It's all about money. Revelation 2 and 16, repent, Jesus tells this church, or else I will come unto thee, how? <laughs> Always quickly. He said, I'm going to come quickly, then I'm going to fight against them with the sword of my mouth. I love this, man. Jesus is just, oh, he don't play. Amen. Here's some of them right here. Doctrine of Balaam, Nicolaitans. In Pergamum, capital punishment was done by running on the sword. Christ uses this symbolism as a threat to those who would not repent. And then he also calls those who refuse to repent them, which he separates them from those that belong to him. Did y'all see that in the last slide? He says, I will fight against them. Yeah, he said, I'm going to come quickly with the sword. Meaning I'm, I'm, the sword, I'm going to Draw the line with the sword, and you're going to be on the other side, and then you're going to be them. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith. Oh, no, no. He also calls. Did I read that? Yeah, yeah. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not every preacher's going. Not every so-called Christian is going. Not every so-called believer is going. I'm eternally secure. Man, you better be saved. And you better be doing the will of your father, which is in heaven. That's what he said. Those are the ones. 
He just told you who's going. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that what? Doeth what my father told him to do. Those are the ones that's going. And they will say unto me, but Lord, I mean, I had a television broadcast. I was on the word network. I had a big church, whole lot of members. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never, like I never knew you ever. Never. Because once I cut and you become them, I'm fighting against you. Arrogance is one of the many problems created by the doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. Man, they're the most arrogant folks. People that mix the sacred and profane usually recognize that they are sinners, but they refuse to change. When Christ said, I will fight against them, he means that he would raise up those that will challenge them with the word. He's not here like back yet. So he's going to use people he's called to fight against them. That's what we do. Look at somebody say, that's what we do. That's what we do. You came down here because you saw a video where I was fighting against them. And I'll continue to fight against them and I'll continue to pray and make sure I'm not one of them. Amen. Look at somebody say, I'm on the Lord's side. Remember that song? Matthew 7 and 22. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? We're preachers. We're prophets. Prophetesses. Well, I saw a lady on, online the other day. Man, y'all see her? She was on 10. And somebody walked in front of her while she was prophesying. She said, don't you walk in front of the prophet. I said, ah! Had a couple of things. I'm like, I'm like Jesus in Revelations. There's a few things I have against thee. First of all, what is a woman prophet? That is not biblically accurate at all. Women that prophesied in the Bible were prophetesses. Not a prophet. Yeah. Don't walk in front of the prophet. I, I bet folks hate cell phones exist now. You can't get away with nothing. Amen. But that's, that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. But that's what they're going to be saying. I, I'm, I'm a prophet. You didn't see my video on YouTube, Jesus? My itinerary? I was booked all year. He said, many will say to me in that day. Many. Many got it wrong. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name we even cast out devils. And in thy name we did what? We did many wonderful works. And we all know what he's going to say after that. Depart from me. I know you not. Regardless of the prevalence of idol worship surrounding the church at Pergamos, Christ did not allow them to partake in it at all. At all. The sword was not just to cut people that he talked about, but it was also used to forge a line of demarcation. The line that divides those that are 
on the Lord's side and those that have yoked themselves with false gods. First Peter 4 and 17. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at, a, at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Summary. The church at Pergamum was strategically planted near the altar of Zeus to stand against the false god worship of that time. Today we are faced with the same scenario in our country. Our churches should be standing against the seat of Satan and all false god worship. But the doctrine of Balaam and Nicolaitans is just as widespread in our day as it was in Pergamum. Nowadays, pastors are pledgers of secret societies, fraternities, sororities, and even subscribing to racial cult movements. All of this is false god worship and is leading people astray, leading God's people astray. When Barack Obama recreated the seat of Satan to run for office from within, the church sang his praises. The church, the black church. The white church sung the praises of Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney and the whole Mormon thing, which is even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was the protest then? The Mormon doctrine says that black people are cursed. We're cursed fallen spirit babies. Doomed. According to Mormonism. What was the protest? Why did anybody protest that? It wasn't time. The government hadn't decided to rile the Negroes up just yet. It's too early. The church even encourages members today to vote for political candidates that promote anti-Christ policies. Uh-oh. This acceptance shows you how far the American church has fallen. Pastors, their wives, their children are pledging Greek becoming Freemasons to honor the very false gods of Greece and Rome that the church at Pergamum fought against. They are pledging their allegiance to God and demons, which is spiritual fornication. The warning signs are here, and Christ is using the sword to cut away those that will not repent and denounce their allegiance to false gods. With the sword of his mouth, he is cutting them away so that he can fight against them with the word. Jesus is very calculated in his approach. In order to fight them, he must first sever them from the body so they will be exposed for what they are doing. In other words, he's not going to let you run alongside the body and you be against the body. He's going to sever you from the body. It's so crazy because folks jump up in here one day and go crazy and start talking crazy and just go crazy. And, you know, I used to get offended a few years ago. That used to bother me, but now it don't bother me. That was the sword. That was the sword. God is saving me from some trouble. Punks jump up to get, no, I'm just kidding. You, get, you jump up to get singled out. That's what it is. I'm really, they go crazy and, oh, see, and then they start telling you how they've been feeling all along. Ever since I came, see, I had a problem with back then, but I just didn't say nothing. And, I, and they just talking and talking, and all I see is a big sword just 
No, it ain't slicing, it's drawing a line. So, okay, you're over there. Now I know. Man, I wish I had known this before. But now I know. Thank God I know. Jesus is very calculated. In order to fight against them, he must first sever them from the body so they will be exposed for what they're doing. We will see them fall away more and more as the end, what? Approaches. Y'all, the falling away folks say, see, God going to kill them. No, no, no. God is just going to show you who they are. That's it. You're going to see who they, you're going to know who they are. The great falling away is God. He said he was going to send a strong delusion. It's the separating. Though they may seem to be standing in position, God has cut them loose and they belong to the other side. Take heed and be not deceived. The fruit will always tell you who belongs to Christ and who has been cut away from him. Revelations 2 and 17, he ends this by saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And I will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that received it. What he's doing, he's just going against the false God stuff. He said, I'm going to give him hidden manna, meaning he's going to eat with me. We're going to eat, and it's going to be hidden manner. In other words, you're not eating with the devil. You're not supping with the devil. You're not taking of the devil, drinking of the devil's cup. You're not eating of the devil's food like those that pledge to the false gods and all that, sitting at the table eating with the devil. You're going to be at my table eating hidden manner. He said, I'm going to give you a white stone, and the stone going to have a, a, a new name written in it, meaning you're going to know my name, which is above all other gods, not the name of these devils from Greece and Rome. He said, no man knows the name lest he receive it. Everyone stand to your feet. Praise God for the word. Don't y'all love the truth? I can sit all day long and preach it. I ain't playing. I love the truth, especially how it goes against the lies that's going on. And you be sitting like, wow, that's right. They are doing that. Are they crazy? But God has rescued us all from it. But he's still God with the sword. He's still drawing the line. Amen? He's still drawing the line. And the line is there. Make sure you're on the right side of the line. Amen? We're going to make sure. Everyone bow your heads. We're going to make sure today is line time. I want to make sure. You may have pledged to a false god. Hope you denounced it. You may have pledged in a sorority. I hope you denounced it. And denouncing meaning I'm not a part of it no more. I ain't going to the parties. I ain't going to the, I'm not going to the gatherings. I'm not wearing the letters. I'm not claiming the colors. I'm not doing any of that. I'm out of that now. I recognize those are false gods. Those are demons according to the Bible. I don't want to have anything to do with them. You may have pledged in a fraternity. You may have been jumped into a gang. I don't know what you've been doing. But I'm not in any of that anymore. My allegiance is to God, the one true and the living God. And in this last day, as this false God worship gathers ground, gains ground and begins to spread, I won't be among them. I'm going to be right here worshiping the only true God through our Lord Jesus Christ. With your heads bowed, Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for how you address this church at Pergamum. 
Thank you, Lord, for this particular church's fight against the false gods. And just as they fought against false gods, Lord, we recognize we are in pagan America, the pagan United States, where the false gods appear on the rotunda of our Capitol building, where the false gods led our forefathers into the formation of this nation where the false gods have been consulted for everything from electricity to how to purify water, the transistor in the radio, the microchip in the computer, all of these things, false gods were consulted and beckoned for these ideas. And they led men to advance us to our own demise. But God, even though we may use a phone and a computer or may go visit the White House or the, the Capitol building, we will not partake in false God worship. We recognize that you are the only true and living God. We're not bowing a knee and pledging to a sorority or a fraternity that recognizes these Greek demons. God, we're not pledging into Freemasonry and a secret society to advance ourselves financially, but commit spiritual fornication with you. God, we denounce the devil right now. We denounce his hold on our family, on our generation, on our children. We denounce him. We're not going to do anything to open the door to allow the devil into our homes. God, we aren't pledging to a false God that will allow the devil into our families. We're going to stand until you return. We're going to stand against the false gods. We're going to stand against the worship of Apollo, the worship of false demon deities. We're going to stand, God. We're going to stand. We're going to stand. And we're going to be obedient and we are going to serve you till you return. Everyone lift your hands. And Father, we break any curse that was given to our family through the pledging of a false God, pledging of a false, to a false deity. Any pledges into a secret organization could be as small as Delta Sigma Theta or Kappa Alpha Psi, anything. Or it could be as large as the OTO, Ordo Templi Orientis. The law of Thelema and all of the Crowley sex magic. God, anything that was done in our family that implicates us in any kind of way. Father God, we speak against it right now. That that curse be broken. Curse of Freemasonry. Curse of Boule. Curse of anyone that reached outside of this dimension into another realm to gain access or power. We break that off our families right now. Our children won't suffer for it. We won't suffer for it. Father God, we won't feel it and we will ignore it. We will serve you. We'll be subject to your power only. We'll be subject to your will only. What you want for us will come to pass. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for breaking it. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.